This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. everybody and welcome to episode 133 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben Gaz is with me once again as always. How are you my good man? I'm very well actually. I was late wasn't I for the podcast? Yeah you know I wasn't going to mention it because you know I know that it, it's never late. it's it's never a game. We never try and one-up each other. Well, we totally <laughs> do, but, <laughs> you know um, yeah I'd, I was all set and ready to go for half past five and then Gaz just went oh no sorry Charlie's uh, Charlie's the boss of me so I'm, I'm taking him for a walk. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll answer to that. Uh, just to <laughs> clarify on a completely different subject what, what is late afternoon in your book Ben? Late afternoon is probably what, nine o'clock-ish. <laughs> I'd probably say five till yeah like I'd, I'd probably say evening starts at about six. Okay because you did say you were going to be at my party in late afternoon didn't you? That was not my fault. Well, I'm just saying, and what time did you turn up? I, I don't know, because I was levered. Well, I'll say five o'clock then. Um, I know you did turn up. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> it was dark, because we were actually sat around, Bob's and, and Chris and Ed and I were all sat around discussing who was going to be my new podcast co-host, yeah. uh, because you hadn't <laughs> showed up or messaged, and then you suddenly came one. I, I actually said... In your beach bum attire. I actually said that I was going to be there early evening. Ah, oh, okay, so what's early evening? When I arrived. Yeah, <laughs> it was dark, wasn't it, when you arrived? It wasn't dark. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much. And I, I should have said this off air, really, but thank you for the amplifier. It, uh, it certainly makes the music better. Good. Um, so, yeah, bring on next year. That's so. oh, all right, mate. It's, uh, it was sitting in my loft doing out, But, uh, no, it was, it was a very good evening. We had uh, a few beers around a fire and, you know, nice to see people again and uh, have... The Sky at Night with Professor Graham Burrell <laughs> narrated to us. It was uh, it was wonderful. <laughs> for, for those who were not uh, around the campfire, got midnight. Uh, Bob's was. He's uh, a keen astronomer. Uh, he is. I did. I never realised he was telling Chris uh, Lamin, a good friend of uh, the pod and a good friend of mine, all about the sky at night. I swear he repeated himself a couple of times. Um, <laughs> 
but it's hard to tell <laughs> when he's speaking in foreign tongue. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it's it's been you know it's been a couple of weeks. Um, we I think. I, I did kind of want to get uh, a pod going last week, but ended up being a bit busier than I thought it was going to be. So um, didn't. So That's you're a week late for the pod. Technically, I'm not <laughs> actually late. Technically, you're a week late. I've been waiting for you. Um, but this is it now, isn't it? With the, the plan is now to go back weekly. This is 100 percent. The yeah. first re- the first pod, let's say, of the 21, 22. So it's very exciting for well, for yeah. somebody, I'm sure somebody's excited about it somewhere. Well, I, I hope so. I mean, we did have a question, and we have got quite a few questions to get through. Um, but um, one per person, just yeah, to one per person. Um, yeah, so we'll 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 crack on um, with uh, with the news, and um, we've got quite a bit, obviously, to get through. I think uh, we're going to do a kind of preseason preview next week, and then um, we'll see. Well, obviously, I think we're, we're trying to get a couple of guests. Um, my, my initial plan was to get them during closed season, but then remembered that closed season this year seemed incredibly short. So uh, that was that was interesting. Um, but also, just a quick one. If Gaz does break up a little bit uh, during the podcast, it's because he's currently sat in the middle of a thunderstorm and his internet's powered by string. Oh, so. Can you hear that? Is it breaking up already? Because I'm looking outside and the thunderstorm stopped. Oh, no, it's it was just... It, 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 there was a couple of bits while we were off air i think that, that kind of dropped out a bit i was just like right mental note need to mention that anyway right let's crack on um we'll start with the the sort of older bits of news uh first and foremost um we obviously signed uh i think the last we spoke about was chris mcguire um on the podcast so chris mcguire was came in and then shortly after after gary rightly i guess pointed out that um chris mcguire wasn't an out-and-out striker we went and signed an out-and-out striker uh on loan from southampton from uh, dan lundaloo which was one that i think that that little clip of you saying lundaloo that's that was a nice lundaloo. Uh, <laughs> uh, can i just say we seem to have gone completely against the plan that we put in place not five minutes ago i did realize that as soon as i started talking about it but um, yeah. yeah okay so we've got some signings um the other bit of news that we're going to kind of we're going to touch on because it's 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 sod off you <laughs> look i'm out of practice jesus <laughs> it's amateur hour do you want me to take over then do you want me to take over this bit while you no. compose yourself no it's all right like well okay so before we get on to the signings obviously it's quite a serious bit of news which uh, which happened um michael had a, a cancerous tumor removed and had a little brief spell away but thankfully was back in uh, back in the epc on monday um, and i think the biggest thing for me was really just that we wanted to you know wish michael and, and everybody else um around him and his friends and family all the best and hopefully you know he's, he's feeling much better very quickly so that was the serious bit of news so you can yeah. carry on taking the piss out of me now if you want no, no, I'm not going to. No, I'm going to use that as a springboard just to, to make sure everybody who's out there is listening who, who has balls um, to check them. And if you didn't, make sure you do. It should be a regular thing. You know, it's um, there's no shame mm. in in having a little feel down there and making sure that everything's right and proper. And, you know, Michael is a testament to the fact that if you do discover something, um, you can be back in the saddle, so to speak, very, very quickly. So, yeah, hugely, huge important the sight of him back on the training ground on monday morning was was great because you know there's still something about that word isn't the cancer that just kind of 
you know it's just a word that makes you shiver and yeah in in the modern age is you know, it's very very easy to treat certain types uh, and and my Michael's a testament to that now. Uh, unfortunately, Imps legend Mick Harford has also um, been diagnosed uh, with um, yeah, cancer. And uh, of the, course, uh, prostate. And yeah, of course, Tony yeah. Lorma's going through his uh, his um, rounds of chemo as well at the moment. I thought he'd beaten it again. I thought I saw the other day that he was um, he was on his uh, he was doing some training and then was uh, I think he said he was heading off for some more chemo. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, it's just I, I certainly think things like testicular cancer and prostate cancer and things like that they you, you have to get checked. And men of a certain age, and and I may be approaching that age, have to swallow their pride. Certainly, when it comes to the latter, um, I'll be honest. The thought of a doctor putting a finger anywhere terrifies me. But uh, it's better than getting. Well, it's better than having undiagnosed. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Something that claimed my granddad, so it's um, incredibly close to my heart as well. So I think it, you know, this is the serious bit that you know, it's great to have Michael back in the uh, back in the dugout, so to speak. But it should act as um, just a, a precautionary message to everybody that um, you know, never ever take your health for granted. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that was the that was a thing for you know for me as well obviously i've mentioned on the on the podcast before about personal experiences with things like that and it was um, it was always a a difficult one to talk about for a long time but i think the key thing was that my dad was one of those people that sort of brushed some stuff off and i think he might have brushed something off a little bit too early or you know he didn't get himself checked out when he should have done and in Ultimately, it's uh, well, I think we all know what happened. So, yeah, get yourself checked out and um, just make sure that everything's, uh, as Gaz says, is all right down there. But I would request that you do it after the podcast because I'm not overly comfortable about the thought of some of our listeners, you know, having a little feel of themselves while listening to us. Hey, if I float your bow, you crack on. I can't see it. <laughs> I have no, I tell you. I've always been short of admirers in my life, so I don't care what you're packing downstairs. If you, uh, if I get you warm, off you go. Jesus Christ. Anyway, <laughs> right, transfers. We've had a few, haven't we? So um, <laughs> let's talk about them because uh, we've obviously got, you know, a few in on loan and a few permanents as well. One of the permanents I was very, very surprised by. Um, but uh, let's let's go through, you know, pick pick a couple each and see uh the the four that we're potentially most excited by so uh if you want to go first and pick one i'm guessing well i know because we've already said off air but for the illusion of the podcast i'm guessing it's fairly obvious from your write-ups yeah it is fairly obvious from my write-ups and i'm pleased that we finally got to the bit where we're going to pick four because um, it was painful listening to knowing what was coming um and now i've forgotten how to pronounce it um i i pronounce it adalakan but i'm sure it's adalukan adalukan Hakeem Adelican. Yes. Um, this is a player who I've written a lot about, so I can spell it A D E L A K U N, no problem whatsoever. <laughs> but I don't, you know, spell phonetically. Um, no, look, I don't mean any disrespect. Uh, obviously, my amateurish uh, pronunciation of names, uh, but I think we've got a real player here. Um, I, I started writing for Football League World around the the, the last 
season that he had at Scunthorpe United and he was utterly sensational. Um, he was creating goals for fun. I, I haven't got the information in front of me, but I will have by the time I've strung it out a little bit. Um, but I think he, <laughs> I, I seem to think he was in double figures for um, uh, for uh, assists. Um, he chipped in with goals as well. He came to the end of his contract. There was no way that, that Scunthorpe were ever going to be able to hold on to him. Uh, and he joined Bristol City. It was a tribunal decided, uh, the tribunal decided the fee. And I think in the end, although it wasn't revealed, um, there was discussions of it being around 750,000. What we're talking here is is a 2017-18 George Grant, really, um, pushing okay. a provincial Lincolnshire team towards the championship, chipping in with goals, chipping in with assists. Um, and his career's gone a little bit off, not off the rails as such after that. Um, it was 12 assists uh, and four goals, which is a similar amount of goals to George Grant from open play. You know, Grant scored pen- a lot of penalties, but I think he only scored four or five from open play. So you, you're talking almost like a George Grant, not on penalties here, in my opinion. Um, you know, he struggled in the championship, granted. Didn't really get a chance at Bristol City. Remember, Sammy Smodic didn't get a chance at Bristol City and he came back and was excellent for Peterborough as well. I genuinely, genuinely believe uh, that, that this boy could have the same impact for us as Grant did, could have the same impact for us as Smodic did at Peterborough. I don't expect him to dive as badly as Smodic at Peterborough. Um, nobody could. I've been watching the Olympics and I've still not seen a better dive uh, than Smodic's. Um, so, yeah, it's exciting. I think he's I think he's going to be a big player for us. Uh, and I think it's I think this is marquee signing of the summer i mean i would potentially you know i can't disagree um i you know i've I've spoken to a couple of people um about this signing and it it certainly sounds like the people in the you know the the backroom staff at the club are incredibly excited about about having um uh, a keep on board he's just looking at some of the you know some of the goals he's scored on uh, on YouTube and speaking to, well seeing some of the comments from um, from Rotherham and Hull fans where obviously he's been out on loan recently um, they've really got nothing but positives to say about him and obviously some of the goals that he scored were you know four or five years ago but you, you can see the the power and the the strength and not particularly the skill and speed as well you know he's he looks like he's uh, he looks like he's a player. Um, and Stu Wells, of course, you know, friend of the pod, was uh, was saying that he was stopping in the White Hart for a uh, for a wedding, um, and he saw him in there. He was, you know, stopping over there while he got all the contract bits and Bob signed. He said he is an absolute unit. So he kind of seems um, from the from the the stuff and the footage that I've seen of him, he almost seems to be a kind of uh, a bigger version of of Bruno Andrade, but potentially without the attitude mm, that's interesting i i obviously i picked i think and guessing mm. that sort of um and again you know and guessing and, and andrade were very similar players in that they were very direct you needed mm. i think to nurse them in the correct manner um, mm. and i certainly think that that's that's the case i mean it's an interesting comparison that almost certainly i'm thinking i was thinking more physicality and in, in, in size and and bulk to and guessing but obviously um yeah, I, I like the Andrade um, 
comparison as well. So, yeah, no, I, I think he's going to be a decent player. I think he'll start on the right wing for us. I think that the hastily arranged friendly against Stockport, we'll see him get 60 minutes. I think he'll get 60 minutes against Salford. Uh, it's been a stop-start pre-season, so whether he's going to be quite ready or not, we might have a hint of the Theo Archibald, and it might be a week or two before we see him. Um, might even make his full debut first team start um, on the first home game of the season. So, But anyway, that was obviously my pick. And in the interests of um, the listener, uh, we made you pick somebody different, didn't we? So we weren't talking about the same one. So who did you pick next? Yeah, well, I mean, my, my first choice was was her key but you know yeah all right your name your name's on the banner so you know <laughs> we host it on your site so you get the pick um and uh no my my uh my first choice after him was uh was dan lundaloo um i think looking at you know again speaking to i've got a couple of friends that support southampton and one of them's a really big southampton fan he says that he's just got he's got the pace he's got the power um and again, he's got the build. Like he's a very strong, like strong, well-built striker. And I think you, you'll probably see this with my other pick as well, which will probably give it away straight away. But having teams in the Premier League looking at Lincoln City now and saying, "Yeah, all right, that's where we want to send our young talent," it's it's such a feather in the cap for the club now. And Michael's done an incredible job to lure those kind of signings in. Um, so I'm really excited to see uh, what um, what Lundaloo can can do. Um, I think you know again this, the the guy I was talking to said that he's watched a few of the sort of reserve and youth team games when he's been playing. Um, uh, it might not be youth team, but yeah, he's definitely seen him play a few times, and he just says he's you can tell he's got something about him um, and it's only really said it's a matter of time before he potentially gets into the Southampton first team, which. You can't really ask for more for a loan signing, can you? No, it's an interesting pick. Um, And again, I think if I was picking my top two, he probably wouldn't have been in there. And that's just purely because it's hard to pick players who have not seen an awful lot of. Now, I have watched Mm. some clips of Anundalu on um, Y-Scout and he's certainly very direct. Again, I think he's probably more of a unit than uh, he might get credit for. He certainly looks to have a little bit of power about him and he's already scored a a senior goal for Southampton. So, um, yeah, it is exciting to see players coming in from Premier League clubs. If you look around League One, you know, nearly everybody signs somebody from Premier League club. Uh, It's about getting the right player and it will be nice to have an alternative to Tom Hopper or for Tom Hopper. Uh, I think obviously with Freddie Draper kind of penning his first professional contract today as well, we could go into the season with three strikers who feasibly could feature in uh, any time. I know we've got Makama who is likely to go out on loan, but you know, very much Unlundlu and Hopper are going to be vying for that number nine spot. Mm. And either of them will change the way that we play. It looks like um, he's really happy getting the ball, running at people, causing problems. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's an interesting signing. And it's one of those where it's easy for us to sit and talk about it because neither you nor I have watched him play properly. I've seen a few clips. You know, we, we glean what we can from other people. I'm excited to see him in action. I don't think he's turned out in a friendly yet. That's my only kind of slight concern is. I think he's been yeah. on the bench. I would have thought if he'd been on the bench, he would have come on. I hadn't seen his name. I might be wrong. I certainly I don't think he featured last night against Scunthorpe. So, again, I'd like to see him get some minutes in. 
uh, prior to Gillingham away. But then there's no rush. Brennan Johnson missed the first couple of games of last season and, and arguably he was you know, in amongst our top three players through the whole campaign. So we'll see um, we'll see if Dan and Luke can repeat that. Absolutely. Um, do you want to go for your second pick or shall I do mine? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go for my second pick because um, I've gone for Chris Maguire. Now, look, this is no disrespect to Teddy Bishop um, and it's no disrespect to um, Lasse Sorensen either, both of whom I think have got potential to be really good signings, but they're two players that I haven't seen an awful lot of myself. And so to start saying on the back of 40 minutes against Scunthorpe that Sorensen's going to be a world beater would be um, doing the listener a disservice. Yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be talking about something from a not from a position of knowledge, and I don't think that that's particularly wise. I am very excited to see what Sorensen does for us, but to say that he's a um, a better signing than Chris Maguire, who is my pick, uh, would be doing Maguire a disservice. What I think Maguire brings to the side is an experience up front that we didn't have last season, particularly when Tom Hopper was injured. We we talk about Tom being the experienced centre forward. He's actually not. He's not in his 29-30, is he? Um, so I think it, it's going to help massively having another uh, really experienced player in the squad. Certainly, it'll help out the likes of Liam Bridcut. It'll help Michael get more instruction over when our key players are out. We lacked that at times. There was, I think, a point where Bridcut was injured, Hopper was injured. You know, you had Adam Jackson out, and we were a young side, and we looked a young side. We were naive when we lost three 0 at home to Gillingham at a time where we really needed a leader to grab that by the scruff of the neck. Um, although having said that, I think Bridcut started that game. But anyway, um, so I, I really like Chris Maguire. On his day, I think he's the best footballer that we have at the, at the, the um, in the squad at the moment. Sunderland fans loved him. Uh, they, what they, if you give 90% of Sunderland fans now a chance to pick Wyke or Maguire back and play in every week, they'd pick Maguire. Mm. Um, there's only a very small amount would pick Wyke because he was largely a very lazy footballer. Maguire isn't. Um, when he turns it on, he's a special footballer. So I think he's exactly what we needed in the forward areas. I don't think he's going to be the quickest when he plays out wide, which is where I can see him playing. Uh, but at the same time, we've always had that that balance. We've had blistering pace at one side, and then we've had the likes of Anthony Scully, who's perhaps not the quickest, but has a little bit more guile on the other. Uh, I think it'll add a new dimension to our attack. And I, and I just think Chris Maguire is, um, is the sort of player that helps bring on the younger players. So the Freddie Drapers and the Dan Lundaloos and, and people like that will learn from Chris Maguire and, and they will develop as footballers in the same way that many did under Liam Bridcott last season. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I think the... Um... The, the comparisons there to Brick are, are fairly obvious in the fact that he's going to be an older player in a in a younger side. Um, I just think he's. It, it was a surprise when he, you know, when he came over. Um, I was, you know, obviously delighted to see um, see somebody of that caliber, you know, well, somebody with that experience come in. So uh, again, can't help but agree with you on that one. Um, I think I think it's going to be a, an interesting season for him, and particularly, you know, if he can settle quickly. Um, I think it's yeah. I think he's going to be a cracking signing. Um, and um, my my second choice uh, for this one, it was it was a bit of a toss up really because I'm excited by all of them. But I think the other one was was just you know Lewis Fiorini. Um, I I do like a decent attacking midfielder. Um, and from all accounts, it sounds like we've got one. Um, you know it's. 
once again it's that it's it's kind of the same reasons for with you know with Lundlu, but we've got a player that is being entrusted to us for the season by you know well the, the Premier League champions you know it's 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 just a a great great thing um and hopefully that relationship's just going to get stronger and stronger um and I mean, you know, you, you look at you, you mentioned Brennan Johnson there, obviously coming in on loan last season and, and doing great things. I think by the sounds of it, I think Brentford are, are attempting to break the bank to buy him from Forest at the minute. So it, it kind of shows that we can be that catalyst for a, a young, you know, younger player really spurring on and, and just becoming a, a bigger talent. So, um, again, it, it might not be, you know, in in quotes, the best signings that we've made, but I'm excited to see what they can do. Yeah, I, I you know what, I, I tend to agree with you, I think, on um, on Fiorini. What interests me is that we don't know an awful lot about him. And I think it's easy when you are signing players from Premier League clubs on loan to think that it might be a hit, a bit hit or miss. I think about Shiloh Tracy at Shrewsbury last year, signed from Spurs, looked brilliant. And I think he's now permanently moved to Cambridge. So clearly not the sort of calibre that you would expect. And the, you know, yeah, we took TJ Ioma and he's standing on the cusp of the Spurs first team. So signing a player from a Premier League team doesn't necessarily guarantee anything. I remember in the past us signing Carl Birmingham on loan from Manchester City. I remember signing Neil Fenn on loan from Tottenham Hotspur. And, you know, they did very, very little. Carl Court came in from Wimbledon, I think, scored one goal and went on to have a decent career. So with Fiorini, again, there's that, there's that kind of, we, you don't know, we don't know a lot about him. We know he was at Nagbrada last season. We know that uh, they rated him really highly. I know that Kev Barwise has waxed lyrical about the boy from the minute he heard that he was going to sign for us. But there's a question mark about where does he fit in? You know, if we play the 4 2 3 1, which we arguably did last season. Does he play in one of the two? Well, Bridcup plays in one of those roles. So then you've got to think Max Sanders is likely to be knocking on the first team door. Don't forget Max, you know, he, he kind of he had a quiet six months, but I think he could be a key player for us or a big player for us at least. Conor McGrandall's plays. He's got to play. He was the Stacey West player of the year last year. He's outstanding footballer. So, Fiorini probably doesn't play in one of those two holding roles. He might then want to play in a 10 role, or we might ask him to play in a 10 role. We've now got Teddy Bishop. We've now got Sorensen. That's without James Jones. So we've got this whole kind of collection of really talented looking footballers. And it's almost like having a a kitchen side full of great ingredients. And how do you get them all in to make the perfect meal? Do you know what I mean? And I think with Fiorini, um, we haven't signed him to sit on the bench. We've mm. signed him to play. And if he's going to play, that means Michael and the guys at uh, the rest of the coaching staff believe that he is going to be equal to or better than the midfielders that we already have. That's the exciting prospect. Because if the players that we've signed are all considered to be equal than or great, equal to or greater than Conor McGrandles, we're going to have one hell of a midfield. Mm. And yeah. I, I fear for one or two players. I'll be honest, I mm. fear for James Jones this season. Um, I, 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 he's going to have to up his game from the last six months of last season. I don't see where he makes regular starts. I fear for Remy uh, mm. a little bit as well. He's played a big key part. But when you've got the likes of Luis Fiorini coming in, I, I think the likes of Jones and Remy Longdon are going to have to really take their chance when it's presented to them inevitably in the EFL trophy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably say the same about Theo Archibald as well. Oh, don't. <laughs> what? He's, he's spot on. I've been back in Archibald and back in Archibald. I haven't seen him anywhere in pre-season. 
I don't think he's appeared very much in preseason at all. You you are right. The one thing that Archibald's got, I think that the that that Jones and Longdon uh, do not is that he's a natural left winger. Yeah. And I I think that's you know, Zach Elbazetti's gone. We haven't signed brought Chris Maguire in, who's likely to start on the left wing. Scully can play there, but you know Anthony Scully's still got to define his role for me. He scored a lot of goals, inevitably going to be around the first team, but is he going to be the 12th man again when you look at the players we've signed? Whereas Archibald, I think if he does get a couple of run out on the left wing against, um, I can't remember which kids team we've got this year in the uh, EFL trophy, if I'm honest. I know we've got Sunderland and somebody else. Um, but if he gets runs out against them, he, he could do a Zach Elbazetti and, and really impress and then go out on loan and then move to Sweden. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, interesting ones interesting signings and i'm i'm excited to see uh you know what happens where they all fit in um and the other one if we were going to pick a third that it would have been last Sorensen for me because i'm i'm amazed that that's a permanent signing yeah i was amazed by that as well i really am like when i saw it kind of you know crop up i thought oh cool we've got another one on loan and then when i you know clicked on the link and read the story it was like oh oh no that's wow okay um so yeah very impressive signings you know on paper again yeah again and and that's what at this stage of the season that's all any of them are you know Ipswich's business looks utterly phenomenal but if you can't get them all in you know there's there's no point is there and you know Joe Piggott might go there and score 30 goals he might go there and score bugger all like Norwood did so a signing can look as great as you want on paper and that's obviously the the kind of the Teddy Bishop thing as well isn't it you know he played more minutes last year than he has in his entire career up to it he went through a spell where he scored four goals in about 10 games from the field they changed manager and he dropped off and then Jimmy Walker was on social media saying that he's got the potential to be better than George Grant and if anybody can squeeze potential out of a player then I would hope that it's Michael Appleton but um, and and there we are we've, we've talked about signings we've not mentioned Josh Griffiths we've picked up a an England under 21 goalkeeper with 23 senior clean sheets last season and we're just kind of like yeah well we've got our goalkeeper <laughs> and yeah. do you know what if he's 90% of the goalkeeper that Alex Palmer was for us last season he's going to be superb because Alex Palmer bar there was a, a dodgy spell, I seem to think, around February where he made two or three mistakes. Accrington at home. Yeah. I think he made yeah, an error, yeah. didn't he? Um, but he was he was largely solid for, for most of the campaign. And I'm really I'm excited for Josh Griffiths. Um be interested to see what we do with Sam Long. Because mm-hmm. at some point he's gonna have to start playing senior football. And when that happens, if it's not with us, we need to get him out on loan, get him in the, the conference or maybe to Gainsborough. Um and yeah. and play regular football. If that happens, then we need to sign another keeper. So, you know, still still plenty up in the air or a week before the season, and I don't think the transfer business is finished in or out. Uh, no, I I would hasten to agree with you there. Um, I think there's probably a few more that we'll we'll be looking at. So, yeah, exciting times. Uh, we are a week and a half away from the uh, start of the new season. So, um, where do you think Max Melbourne fits in? I don't think he does. You think that, but he's played a lot of minutes in pre-season. He was told he doesn't fit into the first team. But who plays centre-half if Munzmer and Walsh aren't fit for the opening game? Yeah, Sean Rowan hasn't played in, in pre-season. And, and, and that's a question, I think, that we've got to answer from the floor in a moment. But Max Melbourne probably plays left centre-back. And, and if he gets his opportunity, 
you know, that could be exciting. However, the last team that you want to have centre-back crisis on the opening day of the season against is Gillingham, who are going to do nothing but pump balls into your centre-backs. Yeah. Anyway, that's a, it's a slight concern. Let's, let's not pretend it's all butterflies and roses in the garden. You know, there are some weeds and slugs as well that we've got to consider. Absolutely. I mean, I think I think we'll probably have a better picture of where everything's going to be when we come to record next week, which is obviously going to be our um, our full preview. So uh, we'll you know we'll save the the potential downers till next week, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Just you know, let's let's keep it. We, keep could it get, like. we could get we could get Jake on for the misery, can't we? Next week. <laughs> we love you, really, Jake. We really do. Um, Not when he uses gifts to respond to my tweets, we don't. He used the he used the very the gif. gif. The gif. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually I actually said all I was to myself, not to anyone out loud, um, that all I was going to reply to you with for a week on uh, social media was gifts, and I did it once and got bored. <laughs> I think it might have been the fact that I replied with, "Oh my God, you used a gif." Yeah, and, and you know what? I was actually searching for a gif to reply to that, and I genuinely got bored of just flicking through endless pictures i thought i could think of better words like knock off but i didn't <laughs> use them so oh dear well speaking of twitter we, you did put a call out of questions and we got shit loads so um i'm gonna one, one per person otherwise you are discluded so if you put two questions sorry you won't get one asked if you put seven you're definitely not getting one asked anyway um right we're not going to be able to fit them all in because as i say there were quite a lot but We'll prune some ones out here. Um, did you do? Emily says, uh, haven't seen or heard much about Scully. Any thoughts? I think he's been training, hasn't he? Um, yeah. I think he's just, I, I saw him turning up on the first day for training. I think he's popped up on some of the videos as well. So I would imagine he's just carrying a, a knock from last season. And I think when we look at the squad that we've got, the last thing that Anthony Scully wants to be doing is starting a pace behind everybody else. But Teo Eden did that last season and look where he finished it. So I've got no major concerns over Anthony Scully um, going into the season. Yeah, no, I, 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 th- I think it is. there was a little bit of a concern there initially when I was you know, looking at stuff and thinking, well, yeah, he hasn't featured. I'm a bit, hmm, a bit concerned about that. But I also haven't heard from him since we dropped off the uh, Gold Next Year Award. So he's uh, he's slipped in my estimations a little bit, if I'm honest with you. Um, oh, right. Yeah, no. I there we go. I imagine he's gutted. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Um, did, you, did you do? Craig asked, do you think we could be dark horses for playoffs or just a mid-table finish? I honestly would be happy with mid-table this season. I wouldn't see it as a failure if we didn't repeat last season um for multiple reasons i think last season was obviously a very unique season um with you know the majority of the games being played behind closed doors and we only had what three games in front of fans in the end or no there was, was there an away game we had fans in for yeah there was a couple one there. there was shrewsbury yeah uh, potentially in the cup and there was northampton as well yeah, so, you know, not many games played in front of fans last season. I know that people will turn around and say, oh, that's that's probably not going to make too much of a difference, but it will do. Um, let's be honest. And I think the other thing as well is the, the wage cap this season, you know, the, with that being removed, we've seen what's happening. You know, Charlie White's allegedly on 10 grand a week at Wigan. We're not going to be able to, to, to match that. So it's going to be a very 
different season and I would be more than happy if we finished mid-table. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm not sure you can be dark horses for the playoffs when you made the playoff final the previous season, um, if I'm honest. I, I think you look at what people are spending and yeah, Ipswich, OK, I, I did an interview this afternoon with the East Anglian Daily Times and kind of said to them, they said, what do you think of Ipswich's business? A couple of words, envy, jealousy, um, because that's what it is. But they're a big club and you expect them to be paying. It's the teams that are not such big clubs that are spending big money. Uh, and dare I say, MK Dons, yeah, they will have paid a, a big six figure sum for Mo Issa. Mm-hmm. And they will have paid you know, good money for some of the transfers that they have made. And, and, that is the where the salary cap that was what the salary cap should be stopping it should be stopping people propping up unsustainable businesses 120 odd quid for every hundred that they earn goes on wages it's unsustainable um but it will be very very different this season there are some big clubs um but i don't think you can describe us as dark horses would i be happy with a mid-table finish i'd have to be if that's what we got uh, sitting here now i would be very disappointed if we finished 13th in the league next season because I think that we're good enough with the backing that we've had over the summer and the manager and the coaching team that we've got I think we're good enough to be higher than that I wouldn't be disappointed if we finished eighth having knocked on the door of the playoffs all season especially not if the teams in the playoffs were former Premier League teams like Sheffield Wednesday and um, Ipswich and Sunderland and and Portsmouth and Charlton these are big big clubs Big clubs, Bolton are a big club, and they're back on the up. Wigan are spending big as well. Yeah, all of these teams play Premier League football, so be hard to be disappointed not to be in the top six. It would be hard not to be disappointed if we were down with the Plymouths and the Morecambe's and the Cheltenham's, and that's with the greatest respect to those teams. Uh, Yeah, I don't mean them any disservice when I say that, but I consider Lincoln City to be a a level above that, and Crew as well. That goes for Crew. Dare I say it goes for Gillingham? They might argue. Uh, the same so I, I can see us finishing mid-table but it, that would have to be top half mid-table for me yeah yeah I think you know kind of that that little bracket between playoffs and the actual middle of the table I think that's potentially where I'd say I think we'll finish but I think where I would be happy if we finished um, I think that's where we'll finish I'll yeah. go I'll, I'll say that I think I think that's where we will finish yeah um, yeah um sam asks what area do you think we're still lacking and need to strengthen if any i think we we touched on it um just then when we were were talking about the signings that have come in um i think it's it's around the defense um we saw last season that you know one injury kind of throws in a bit of a spanner um and then another one would obviously cause a bit of a crisis so i think we need possibly another couple of faces in at the back um yeah, what, about, what do you reckon on that one? I'd say one more at the back, one that could play right back and centre back would, would suffice. Much depends on the fitness of Joe Walsh. Is he going to be another sort of 15, 20 game a season? man? if he is, that's a concern because we've only got two centre backs. Um, unless, of course, Sean Rowan begins to get a look in. And then you've got three centre backs. I mean, he was great at left back. He, he could obviously play left centre back, but I think you need to then pair him with, with an experienced head. I'm not sure that you would go into a, a League One game, certainly not against a, a Verdane Oliver or or Wickham pumping the ball long. Mm. Two, you wouldn't go into a game like that with Monsma and Rowan at centre back. So, I would like to see defensive recruits. When I say plural, yeah, I don't think we need two because I think if you bring in two, it causes a lot of issues around squad 
uh, keeping the squad happy. You know, we've got two left backs, Eden and Bramall. Um, we've got Regan Paul plays right back. Sorensen can play right back. If you brought a centre back in who could operate at right back if needed, uh, but is primarily a centre back, which is what I would like to see. You, you're more or less there. I'd love to see TJ Aoma come back, and I know that it's been mentioned that he may go on loan to the Championship. Hasn't happened yet. Championship kicks off next Friday. Um, I, I wonder if our reticence is around that is is that maybe we're hoping that we might get TJ back. If he comes back, he's a first choice starter based on last season's performances. No, I can I could potentially see it happening. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see on that one. Uh, blah, 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 where are we? Um, right, we'll get into some some slightly sillier questions. Um, well, before we do, Owen asks, uh, you're given a £100 free punt at the winner of League One this season. Who are you picking? You'll have to listen next week for the answer to that one. There you go. Little, little, little hook dangling for you for next week. Um, Ipswich. Oh, you prick. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Pete asks, uh, favourite album released in the last couple of years? You go first. I mean, it's entirely predictable but I would probably have to say Tallulah by Feeder because A, they're my favourite band, and B, I've gotten old and I don't get albums all that much anymore. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I would probably go with Hestia by the Rumjacks uh, purely because they got uh, they fired their lead singer. Uh, and I thought that he was very much the essence of the Rumjacks, but actually the, the new release uh, is, uh, well, I wouldn't say return to form, because they were never off form, but it's a nice continuation of their general sound. So, yeah, I'm going to go Hestia by the Romjacks. Cool. Um, that's that one. Uh, Favourite sausage from Josh? Uh, any that's sat on a full English breakfast plate. I don't, do you know what? Actually, I don't like those big, thick, chunky ones that have got spices in them that look a little bit like a dog turd. Um, I actually like quite a, a a bland sausage. We had one the other week. What did it have in it, actually? It was like a Chilean summer sausage. That was really good. Yeah, I really liked that. And actually, the club, they used to do a hot dog. But it wasn't like, you know, one of the hot dogs that just looks like blood and liver wrapped up in cling film. It was like a proper <laughs> chunky hot dog. It was about, it was, you know, it was foot long. They were, they were cracking. I don't know if they still do them, but you'll know because it's a box thing. You used to get them in the box. So. <laughs> I'll tell you soon. Yeah. Um, uh, right, uh, here we go. You know, what was your favourite sausage? Oh, so uh, it's got it's just Lincolnshire. It's got to be. No, mm-hmm. okay. it's you know the ones that the Yellow Belly Sausage Co do at the ground. Ah, oh, mint, absolutely brilliant. Every week. Every week. So what else do you? Because every week I see you eating something different. You have two meal, two meals at the game. I've seen you tucking in and curries and stuff, I reckon, Anna. I think there was one time that, or maybe a couple of times, that I might have had a curry jacks. Curry well, jacks and then a really the sausage nice as, well. as well. No, not I, I have one or the other. Okay, I was just checking. So, yeah, curry jacks are great. Um, they do a little, I, uh, they do a little, you know, drive round with a with a van, and you know, uh, drop off to your houses as well. So nobody drops off at our house. No, no, they don't the, because the postman doesn't like doing. <laughs> um blah, blah, where are we uh we've sort of talked about that one from connor about being an underdog uh jack uh 
Jack Hall asks, lack of buzz around the season starting. Why? Is it just me? Last season being so unusual, football returning doesn't even seem real. I'm sure it will change the night of Gillingham, but surprised myself the other day how close we were to opening day and not waiting for it. Euros. Yeah, I think that's that's got to be it really, isn't it? That's right. England going deep in the Euros gave everybody kind of a, a football fix and no matter what people say about you know i love football i watch it every week yada 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 i actually find it quite nice just to have that break and mm. i don't think since the euro semi-final there has been a huge break and i think um i also think our failure at the final hurdle last season and i'm not classing it as a failure of a season i'm just talking about getting so far and then you know being the last man standing and watching hull and peterborough celebrating their promotion and blackpool it deflated i think it's deflated some lincoln fans and because our business is late we haven't had time to get all hyped up about wow we can't wait to see this player or that player you know we haven't aside from this week we hadn't made what looks like a headline signing and i think people have just kind of sat back i I think this time next week i'll be excited but for me i'm not going to gillingham and i'm doing it purely because i don't want my first experience of a full ground to be somebody else's ground and i was you know we were lucky enough obviously you and i in different parts of the ground to go to the sunderland playoff game um, and it was spine tingling and it was it was an amazing experience it will be nothing compared to 10,000 in Sinsel Bank and I'm not prepared for my very first memory of a full ground to be six or seven thousand uh, Gillingham fans getting mm. excited about being in their ground and you know whatever you'd say people who like away games go, yeah but be on the terraces not be the I don't care I want my first experience of walking up into the stadium into a full ground to be at Lincoln City 100% Absolutely. I'm with you on that one. Uh, right. What is the next one? But yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree. It's got to be the Euros. Like the, the fact that that's taken up the chunk of the summer for me. Um, and then having that that kind of crushing hangover from that is probably, you know, everyone really bought into it. And I think ultimately it's, uh, it was just a bit disappointing. And I, having get that, hangover. I didn't get a hangover from that. I just the next day I got up and it was like, yeah, that was a bit shit. And then on the Tuesday, I didn't really think about it again. Oh, I had a massive hangover, but an actual hangover. Um, ended up going to a friend's house and had far too many beers far too quickly. Um, but there we go. Uh, Dave played sensible soccer on the Mega Drive. Oh, what a game. Yeah, you game. think that, but it's wildly uncontrollable and at times seemingly random. <laughs> I mean, can't be that random because I won. But... Oh, yeah, totally random then. Yeah. Game of chance. Um, they've done a re. The, the, oh, what was it? There's there's a, a company that have done kind of a, a sensi soccer, in uh, what is it? The spirit of sensible soccer recently. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but it's definitely got soccer in the name. Um, there we go. That's my piece of gaming insight for the week. So your piece of gaming insight is that somebody's done something, but you can't remember what it's called or who's done it. Yeah, pretty much. But it's a football there's no game. You, there's no wonder you turn to football podcasting, is there? <laughs> Pez is free this year, by the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah. E-football, it's not even called Pez. No, ridiculous. I anyway, I can probably have a rant on that one. Um, yeah, I don't. But, uh, where are we? Um, what's the next question? Uh, I, I'm trying to save this one, but I'm going to say it now because it's, it's just a brilliant question. Stu says, Gary, have me live with you for the rest of your life, me as in Ben. Or never see Fiona again. 
Well, as I, as I said on um, Facebook, if you were to live with me, I don't think I'd ever see Fee again uh, anyway, because uh, one, you, you wear flip-flops uh, around the house, which which would really annoy uh, her and me. No, uh, I wouldn't wear flip-flops two, around the house. So you put, what, proper shoes on around the house? Well, around the house, I wear slippers, obviously. Oh, okay. No, that's sensible enough, especially on our hard floors here. Uh, well, I, yeah, it would be a problem because I think there would be too much video gaming going on. Uh, and also, <laughs> I, I don't think that Fee uh, would want to live with anybody. She, she, I don't think she really enjoys living with me. Um, so I think that if we were to introduce somebody else who, when I say is like me, I mean, obviously you're not, but you know what I mean? Like it's video games and, and eating food and, and not doing a great amount else. Uh, and I'm not calling you lazy. It's just what Rachel calls you, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but I can't choose anything uh, that would involve me not seeing Fee again. So if the choice was you can see Fee, but Ben lives with you, then as Rachel uh, correctly uh, suggested on Twitter, I'd set you up in, not the pool room, because I like it in there, uh, I'd build a small, actually the chicken shed. Um, I'd probably I'm probably having the fucking chicken shed. Well, I could get power to it um, with a video game. <laughs> console in there and i mean in the minute the water's going in the door because it's hammering it down but i'll do something about that as i'll put a shower curtain up for you or something so oh you're such a like benevolent man gas i know i am i know i'm all heart (sighs) anyway and i felt that when i went running earlier because it was reminding me it was there by sending (laughs) sharp pains across my chest uh right what's the next one i think we've answered quite a few of the questions um aside from things like formations guess the form uh, guess the team i think we're probably going to cover that next week um do, 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 what was it there was one last one one from paul actually which um which i think was probably quite a, a poignant one um having seen several high profile sports celebs pull out of events like Biles at the olympics and the soccer at wimbledon are football clubs doing enough to protect the mental welfare of players? Um, we've all had our demons at times, haven't we? Yes, we have. Um, but I think the club, like, purely from a Lincoln City perspective, I think the club are pretty hot on this. Um, I know when we spoke to Michael, uh, we did the, the live podcast, and he was uh, he was quite um, quite keen on sort of promoting the fact that he's. Um, mental health, uh, sort of making sure that the players' mental health is uh, is good is quite high on his priority list. Um, obviously, the club have been involved in mental health campaigns as well. Um, I think our club in particular are, are quite quite good at this one. Um, whether it's that pervasive through the league, I don't know. Um, obviously, there are some fairly high-profile campaigns going on, but yeah, what what do you think about that one? Hmm. Um, I yeah, I think it's I think it's a tough one because um, yeah, as you know, I'm a, I'm a keen advocate for awareness around mental health, and I think it is hugely important. I also think uh, that we need to do everything we can to protect the players. At the same time, I think football is a game where you will get judged and you will receive criticism. Um, and and when we met Michael, you and I, when we did the live podcast, he said. I think it was Michael said you used to look at the in the papers at the time yeah. to see what rating you'd got and you, you know I thought oh, I was better than that or, or, or something and um, and players will still inevitably do that but you can't take away that um, element of punditry 
from football. And so to a degree, you know, for, for the likes of you and I, if you and I were to put a podcast out and somebody was to come on and go, that was shit, Gary's a knob, um, it would bother me. Well, that'd just be me. Well, yeah, yeah, no, but you, you know what I mean? It would, if somebody came on and said Ben knows nothing about football, a correct assertion, um, that would kind of, that would do something at you. Do you know what I mean? All joking aside, if somebody came on and genuinely said that as feedback, uh, and mm. we would take that away. But by by putting ourselves out there, by putting our, our, our kind of voices out for people to listen to, we have to expect some form of judgment and i think um i put something out gab sutton did his one to 24 and people were like saying why am i team 18th you don't know anything about football and, and steve adair quite rightly said if you put your head head above the parapet you get shot mm. uh, you get shot at and that's it and you have to take those shots so i think to a degree footballers have to kind of have a thick skin and that's not me dismissing the effects of mental health but you can't wrap players up in you you can't say anything bad about such and such because it'll affect him because unfortunately by being a footballer that's the position you're in if i'm crap at my job my boss comes back to me and says you're not doing this right gary footballers don't just work for a football club they work for the fans as well and unfortunately that's part of the game yes i think the club do plenty to protect the to to make sure that players mental well-being is um uh, is at the front of their minds i would imagine there's a lot goes on behind the scenes as well but at the same time it is the job where you will receive um negative feedback uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's. I, I, I would never say that's really in question. I think the the key thing is is you know at what point does you know we obviously saw this after the um, after the Euros and you know some abhorrent stuff going on on social media. Oh that, God, yeah, yeah, no, that's different. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think when it when it comes to things like that and making sure that the players not only don't have to not necessarily face that kind of abuse because as we've you know sadly seen it will it will be there it's it's a pervasive thing at the moment until somebody does something about it but it's more a case of do they have support structures in place to to kind of help people deal with that and i know obviously the the one that paul's mentioned there and in the question is about simone biles at the olympics i was actually I, i was actually really pleased to see somebody have that have that reaction um and to have not less not pleased to see them pull out of something but i'm pleased to see that they've kind of gone you know what this is this is too much this is you know this is getting to me on a a deeply personal level and i think when something starts to get to that point you need to take a step back from it i mean i've done it myself from from a couple of things you know over the past year because it was just getting too much and i know it's nowhere near on the same scale but i think when you you know when you're in that position um as a as a football player or as an employee in any business your employer sort of has a a duty of care and i think that's more about that that's more the question that's being asked and i think is that duty of care being carried out correctly or you know is it being put in places or being put in place in the right ways in football um and as i said from from my point of view i can't say i can't really say too much negative about the club because everything seems to be going in the right direction but you know in terms of football as a whole i'm not sure 
no, 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 no. Culturally, football as a whole is not going. Is going in the right direction, but the way that people behave around football is not. Uh, and unfortunately, that's a, a, a nasty byproduct of social media that needs to be addressed, not just by the people um, uh, within the game, but by the social media providers as well. Uh, I don't know what's happened in the Olympics. Uh, I, I have paid very, very little attention to it. What I do think is that if you are an athlete who has gone through a process to qualify for the Olympics uh, and then you're not performing well, you still owe it. I don't know if that's the case or not. I don't know what, what's happened, but I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I don't get drawn on things that I don't know enough about. But I do think um, that certainly helping players and footballers uh, deal with the abhorrent abuse that they've received, I think our football club would be in a very good position. Uh, but I also think that there are times where I draw on my own experiences. There are times where I, re- not recently, but over the last year or two, have thought I want to just shut up shop, haven't, um, and, and have kind of shown that, I'm saying fortitude but that kind of you know get up and get on with it and I would never tell anybody that as a, as advice but I think that's an attitude that some footballers have to have I think it's yeah I've always said if if you wake up in a bad mood or you wake up feeling a bit down and you're down for a couple of days and it goes that's not that's not a mental health issue that's just that is a mood it's if you are waking up like that a week two weeks, three weeks, six weeks, a year. If you're feeling like that all of the time, that's a mental health issue. I think it's really important to differentiate that, but it's a whole different kind of strand and subject that I really don't want to go down at the minute. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, okay, uh, moving back to lighter notes now. Um, uh, where are we? So uh, Steve Stallard says, if our entire current squad had a WWE-style Royal Rumble, who would come out on top? Um my money would be on the new marquee signing. What about yourself? Uh, I think I think Cadelican is probably my my pick. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. To be honest, because I have two in my mind that I think might do well. Uh, one of them is Tom Hopper. I don't know why. There's something about Tom that actually makes me think he might be a bit of a hard nut underneath. And okay. I think he's he's quite a, he's quite a big unit himself. You know, he's put himself in el- in front of elbows and things like that. He got a really good shot in the face, didn't he? Where his eye was all blotted up mm. at one point last season. Uh, and I thought he did. You know, I think he could take a beating, and I think he'd be hard to get over the top rope. And um, Bridcut's a unit. He's more mm. like the wrestlers of today. Like I, when I used to watch West wrestling, you basically, you know, the, you used to have Royal Rumble was won by fat bastards in leotards. Uh, and unfortunately, well, they, it was, wasn't it? You know, it's like, oh, who's going to throw Earthquake a 400 pound walking heart <laughs> disease over the top rope or whatever. Um, but, you know, when, when Bridcut did the, the, the Sunderland game where he was celebrating and he took his shirt off. And you just thought, Jesus Christ, the man looks like he's made, he's been sculpted out of marble. Um, I think he'd be a hard nut, but I'm actually going to go for Scrappy Doo, uh, Teo Eden. I think okay. Teo Eden is a firework waiting to go off. I saw him when he piled into that Bristol Rovers player, didn't he? That, that's it, very true, actually. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, he got uh, he was sent off against Gillingham a, a year or so ago. I, I just think he's a player that you see see him off the field and when he gives interviews and he wears his glasses and as I understand it I think he went to a grammar school in London and you know he's kind of got that 
air about him but he just looks to me like if you press the right button you are going down and it doesn't matter if you're a fat bastard in a leotard or you're being backed by a hundred hulkamaniacs around the world if you piss Teo Eden off you're going over the top rope no that's that's fair I mean the big question is is the boss involved because I think as soon as Michael Appleton enters that oh, room, yeah. it's it's like it's like the glass shattering when Stone Cold comes down the ramp <laughs> You can just imagine Michael coming down, can't you? The glass shatters and he comes down in his training top and he, he just he bangs, parts like, everyone with a steel chair. <laughs> yeah, off comes the top and he's got his tattoos. And as he walks in the ring, as everybody voluntarily jumps over the top ropes. Fuck that. <laughs> there is no way I am fighting the Big Apple. <laughs> and, and Teo kind of stands there for a minute and he's like winding up to it and he runs at him. And Michael, as he gets to him, you just imagine Michael just picking him up, turning round and doing that ultimate warrior press over the top rope <laughs> and then you can imagine him kind of i'll do the sound effect slapping his hands together like that the music comes on and he just turns and walks off no nonsense the big apple's clean house absolutely that would be i mean yeah michael would win in 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 that instance but uh, that's a good shout for from you about uh about Britters, to be fair i i wouldn't have uh i wouldn't have necessarily thought about brick cut because i've tried to get that image of him in his pants out of my head no you haven't no, I haven't. <laughs> um, right, I think. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I think that's the last question. There was definitely not another one from anybody, particularly not anybody that lives in here, and you've definitely not already liked it. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to leave that one. I liked it while you were talking earlier as well. I know you did because I saw it while you were talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and look, if, if we've ignored your question, or you, things we've ignored your question, I think there was um, how we put one about you know, injuries in pre-season and stuff like that. Obviously, we've kind of avoided questions that we've answered twice and we've skipped some that will allude to next week uh, with, yes, with the season preview as well. So I think the only one we didn't answer to my mind was one about Sean Rowan from Mark, which will drop in next week. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I think if there are any other questions that you know you've got, on your mind tweet them to us through the week however uh i think next week might be a big one um in terms of the um in terms of the, the preview for the season so we might potentially not get um we might not get that much time to answer questions so right i know we've got at least three things to plug so let's get on to that um yeah. if you want to start Oh, I've got two. So we have got a competition coming up. I'm going to leave that till last where you can win yourself a random football shirt. But we'll, we'll come on to that in a minute. So the first thing I want to plug is obviously, the, the, I say obviously, it's not obvious, is it? I don't know why I said that. Um, it's the Red Imps Community Trust Museum. Uh, now, this is something that has really inspired me because I've started going through my own memorabilia and cataloging it on my site it gets very few views and i don't care because i really enjoy it um but the red imps community trust site museum should get views because they're doing something which i think is a fantastic idea and they are accepting photographs of your memorabilia they're showcasing it on their site uh, you can find it at uh <laughs> for a lack of preparation um i think it's r-i-c-t museum so ricTmuseum.co.uk. uh you go on there which i'm going to now as we speak um, and they've got all sorts of um 
special items on there photographed with discussion. So the most recent ones, uh, there's a game again, there's program covers against Aldershot from 91-92 games which were expunged. Uh, there are cuttings from uh, Malcolm Johnson, who I know has got an extensive collection of cuttings there on there. Uh, there's quite a few bits from me, but they're also putting interviews with players on there. Um, they're putting videos on there. They're putting special features on there as well. So um, it's going to grow into a really special um, area for you to go and kind of just soak up all these um, moments from history and all these little um, quirks that people have collected. I will continue to put bits on there. I've already put um, a, a notebook I've got from the 21-22 season, a pennant from a Newcastle friendly and some match sponsor bits. So really worth going and visiting ricmuseum.co.uk uh, and just go and have a, have a look around, see what you can see. Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've had a little little poke and a prod around myself it's, it's good some, got some nice things on there and, uh, Ooh, i thought you were talking about testing yourself though <laughs> anyway um right i'll uh, i shall i shall move on to mine and then we'll wrap up with the competition um next one for me is the the imps match day welcome um campaign that's being run by lisa at the minute uh, i'm sort of becoming a part of that and the the team behind that one um it's a really good campaign it's again i think we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago it's just to uh what they're doing is they're picking up a few season tickets for under underrepresented groups um so they can spread the season tickets throughout the season um so that people that wouldn't necessarily um normally want or have the inclination or necessarily be able to afford to go to football or would feel like they're being marginalized or whatever um it's it's an opportunity for more people to come to central bank and enjoy fo- uh, football and hopefully get more fans in in the long run um so what they're doing is they're, they're picking up some season tickets at the minute and uh the way they're doing that is they're, they're running a raffle i believe it's five pounds a ticket and that will get you into the raffle and the, the top prize is two season tickets or if you've already purchased one um it they will you know they'll refund you your, your season ticket cost so the chance is you you may well end up with a free season ticket for the year which would be incredibly nice um all the profit, well, all the profit, all the money is going into buying more tickets for, for more people to come to the ground. And I believe whatever is being bought by um, by the campaign is actually being matched by the club as well. So it will be an absolutely cracking uh, campaign. Get behind it because it's just going to be great and you could win a season ticket. That's me done. Uh, but you can't pay by you can't pay by PayPal because I realised I haven't done it. Uh, so I was trying to do it while you were talking, and uh, you will need your debit card by the looks of things. Um, so there we go, just as a as a pre warning. Uh, but I will certainly be going on and doing that because if I were to get a pre season ticket, uh, I would have three hundred pounds to spend on Lincoln City memorabilia that I don't really need that I'll keep for the rest of my life and display on the Reddins Community Trust Museum. So everybody would be a winner. Um, right. So the final one for me is uh, the opportunity for you to win a uh, a football shirt. Now, I'm sure you've seen lots of companies recently that are doing surprise shirts and all that sort of stuff. Well, there's some a couple of Lincoln City fans uh, are setting something very similar up. Um, they are offering, first of all, a discount on their site. Uh, but basically, it's, you know, they'll get mystery search shirts from all 
all over the world, uh, brand new with tags. You'll get one posted to you, as I understand it, on a regular basis. I think you can order just as a one-off as well. Um, but the site that you would need to go to is www. Which is a needless thing for me to say, but I say it anyway, like an old man. Um, <laughs> through the post. uk, and I quite like that. Uh, for mm. those who don't understand, it's a clever play on words. Through the post is how you get the shirt, and through the post is football analogy. Um, and before you laugh at me, I didn't realise that the name poacher had a football meaning until after I gave up. And somebody went, oh, poacher, like a goal poacher. I was like, oh, yeah, 16 years. <laughs> uh, so through the post, clever play. <laughs> Genuinely, I didn't realise so, that. It's just the way that you said that. Like it oh, was yeah. a 16 years. Yeah. It's actually more than that because I seem to think it was about it was while I was writing my book that somebody said it. I think I put it in my book. So anyway, um, so in order to win yourself a shirt, uh, and I will say that they they very kindly sent me one to go running in. I chose XL. I'm not an XL. I'm bigger than that, uh, and so it looks like it's painted on me. But I went running in it earlier, uh, and my aim is to make it fit so that it, I don't have to roll it on so that I can just climb into it normally. Um, so their Facebook is um, at through the post. Their Twitter is at through the post um, and their website is through the Now, there are ads, adult shirts and kids shirts available. Um, if you want to enter, what you have to do is the following. I'm going to put a tweet out um, probably this afternoon. Uh, the, the, so as we as this comes out now, it will be at some point over the next 24 hours. Um, you will have to like that tweet and it will be uh, something along the lines of at through the post. This is the tweet to like and follow. Um, you must follow me on social media, but you will do anyway. I'm sure of it. If you don't, why? Uh, you must like through at through the post as well. So that's really important because if you were picked as a winner and you don't like one of our two sites, uh, unfortunately, you wouldn't get your shirt. So we'll run that possibly for a week. Um, I'll keep promoting it. And then next week, and we might pr probably pick a random winner live on air, um, which is bound to be Ben because uh, he, he seems to win everything. Um, no, Rach so, seems to win everything. Oh, that's right. Except she didn't win the husband battle, did she? She got the last prize, I think, in that. But to be credit to her, she stuck with it. Uh, I respect. Go and fuck yourself, Gary. Uh, well, Fee's actually home in an hour, so I'd miss that window. Um, <laughs> they're also put a discount code up on the site as well. So there's a 20% discount at the moment uh, using the code TTP20. So go and have a look through the post.co.uk. Uh, I'll put the tweet out and who knows, you could be wearing an obscure Turkish second division shirt in a week and a half's time. There we go. Right. Well, I'm not talking to Gary anymore, so we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> He's actually stopped talking to me. This I knew you'd give up first. <laughs> it's because I'm a professional and I don't like dead air time. What are you? Are you a professional about that? Oh, dearie me. There we go. So now you've been gone quiet on me. That's good. But there we go. Right. So, everybody, unfortunately, my co-host has gone silent on me. So um, at the moment, it's just going to be me signing off. So thank you very much for listening. I'm sorry uh, that Ben has gone off like a petulant child, like Piers Morgan storming off. Good oh, morning, you compare Brett. me to that prick. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, Piers. <laughs> God, you know how to get a rise out of me. Anyway, yeah, the thing good. is, you forget that I edit the podcast, so I can just snip out all the bits that I look bad in.
Yeah, you can, but then it'd only be about five minutes. I was going to say, there'd be <laughs> nothing left at the end of it, would there? <laughs> no. Uh, oh, dear. Uh, right. And everybody's had enough of that. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we will see you uh, next week. And again, we're back weekly now because, you know, season's starting, isn't it? It's going to be great. All right. We'll see you next week. Got the imps. Got the imps. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.